patient-centered, family-sensitive care. Temecula Valley Hospital, presenting our series of informative podcasts. It's TVH Health Chat with Melanie Cole. Welcome to TVH Health Chat with Temecula Valley Hospital. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're discussing the endobronchial ultrasound bronchoscopy procedure, or EBIS, that's available at Temecula Valley Hospital. Joining me is Dr. Mimi White. She's board certified in internal medicine, pulmonary critical care, and sleep medicine, and she's a member of the medical staff at Temecula Valley Hospital. Dr. White, it's a pleasure to have you join us today. Tell us about some of the latest pulmonary procedures. Tell us about endobronchial ultrasound. What is it and why is it used? I would like to discuss the EBIS procedure today. It is the endobronchial ultrasound bronchoscopy, one of the latest technology that was brought to Temecula within the last six months. The endobronchial ultrasound bronchoscopy is a minimally invasive but very highly effective procedure that we use to diagnose things like lung cancer, infections, and other diseases that causes enlarged lymph nodes in the chest. It is definitely a technology that improves our diagnosing of different type of pulmonary diseases, and I think that will bring a lot of newer technology to the area that we are able to now offer as compared to before. Well, thank you for that. So Dr. White, what's the role of EBIS in the staging of lung cancer? And since lungs are moving, how does that work when you're doing something like this? Absolutely. So the sampling of a lymph node will give us a much better idea of different staging of lung cancer. So for example, lung cancer can present as a nodule inside the lung or a mass inside the lung with lymph nodes that are enlarged, meaning that it has metastasized into the lymph nodes. If the lymph node that is biopsied is positive for the same type of cancer that is seen in the same nodule or mass that is inside the lung, that will increase the staging of the cancer. However, if those lymph nodes are biopsied and they are negative, then of course it brings you to a much lower staging of lung cancer. Staging of lung cancer is very important to allow the oncologist, radiation oncology, to determine what are the better or the best management for a patient's cancer. Well, then what's the difference between a traditional bronchoscopy and EBIS? So a traditional bronchoscopy will not allow us to sample those lymph nodes. The EBIS allows us to use ultrasound technology to get to the lymph node. And in fact, it is a real-time diagnostic procedure where we are able to see the lymph nodes that we are sampling in real time with the needle going in and out of the lymph nodes so that we know that we are collecting samples from the correct lymph nodes, first of all, but also allowing us to have the capability of sampling those lymph nodes other than the regular bronchoscopy. The regular bronchoscopy will allow us to go and take samples from inside the lungs via the airway, but not able to get to the lymph node itself. How cool is that technology? So what is it like for the patient, Dr. White? How long does the procedure take? Does it, do they feel it? What's it like? It is actually very simple for the patient. In fact, it is no different than a regular bronchoscopy. The procedure itself can be anywhere 
between 30 minutes to an hour. And usually, right now, I am doing under general anesthesia, so the patient will be completely comfortable throughout the procedure as they are already put to sleep by the anesthesiologist. And then, of course, during the duration of the procedure, the anesthesiologist is managing their airway, their sedation. They are now, of course, under the care of two physicians in the bronchoscopy suite. So first of all, very safe. And again, the procedure takes very minimal amount of time. Uh, normally, it takes me under an hour to complete the full procedure. And do they feel anything afterwards? Do they have a sore throat? Do they have any pain at all? So a sore throat is always a small possibility because they are getting intubated for the general anesthesia. So they are getting in what we call an endotracheal tube through the vocal cords into their trachea. And so, yes, they may have a little bit of a sore throat hoarseness from the procedure. That usually goes away within 24 hours. There is no pain after the procedure at all, even though we are sampling with the needle through the airway. Airway does not have a lot of pain receptors. So so they are feeling pretty much back to normal after the procedure. Well, that's very encouraging for patients that need this test. So what about after? Can they eat soon? Are there limits such as hot liquids or alcohol? Anything along those lines? Sure. After the procedure, depending on how they respond to the anesthesia and the sedation, we recommend not eating until they are fully awake and after the anesthesia wears off. And that's just to prevent you know, the sedation causing them to choke on their food, aspirating into the lungs. But outside of that, they can usually go back to complete normal eating and normal food. And what about the results? You mentioned that this was in real time. So if you're sampling them, you obviously can't get the biopsy results right then, but who interprets the results and how soon does the patient get them after this type of procedure? Yeah, that's a great question because Temecula Valley Hospital is actually allowing us to have a pathologist in the room with us while we are doing the procedure. Mostly for actually checking the accuracy of sampling. So the pathologist, there's a couple of that I've worked with in the hospital. So every time that I am doing an EBIS procedure, I will ask them to be a part of the procedure. They are in the room preparing slides as I am getting the samples. Um, so first of all, they'll let me know if I am in the lymph node, meaning that they will be checking to see if there are lymph tissues inside the sample that I'm getting. And then they will let me know if the sample looks to be adequate so that they can run multiple different tests on there. If a sample that I'm getting is too small, then they will let me know and I can go ahead and get more samples. That improves the yield of the procedure. So that's the first thing. And then secondly, if there is any cancer cells that they can see immediately, they will let me know that they think that there is some atypical cells. Normally, I would not be sharing that information with the patient right away until there are more confirmatory testing that can be done, usually something called flow cytometry to look for specific types of cancer. Usually, that will take anywhere from three to five working days. I have had very, very quick results from the pathology department in Temecula Valley, and so usually I'm bringing my patient back to follow up in a week or a week and a half to discuss results with them, and I've always had the results in a timely manner. So I would say probably within a week to two weeks, you would get an answer. And then what's the next step for patients if they do get bad news? Then who do they see right after that? So it would be an oncologist, so a 
physician who is a specialist in treating cancer, I would normally start with that, but they can also possibly see a radiation oncologist meaning a cancer doctor who specializes in radiation treatment. And then if they are a candidate, may also see a cardiothoracic surgeon who will offer surgical options for treatment, such as removal of the nodule, mass, or even lymph nodes. And in fact, that is why it is so important for a patient to get the correct staging of the cancer, because it depends on the staging what type of therapy they will be available for them. As we're wrapping up, Dr. White, And this is really such an interesting procedure. What would you like patients to know if they're considering EBIS, if it's something that's been recommended? And one thing we didn't cover is who do you recommend it for? When would this be considered? And just kind of summarize everything for us. Absolutely. So first of all, one of the take-home message I would like to share with the patient is that lung cancer no longer has to be a death sentence. In fact, if you find a nodule that could potentially be lung cancer and you diagnose it early, there are so many different treatment modalities that are available now for the patient. And patient can live full lives, and I have had actually a handful of patients who have been cured from their lung cancer depending on the timing of diagnosis. So that's why it's so important to be able to figure these lung cancers out early, get as early staging as you can, and of course, when you are in earlier stages, your chance of survival just are that much better. And so getting early diagnosis is the key. And then that brings me to uh, what type of patients should be getting uh, treatment or should be getting at least looked at. Usually by the ATS guidelines and the American Lung Cancer Society guidelines, patients who have had a smoking history, a significant smoking history of 30-pack year or more definitely should have a lung cancer screening. In fact, They recommend anywhere from 55 to 75 is the age group with a significant smoking history to get yearly low-dose CAT scan to look for lung nodules that may pop up. And then, of course, lung nodules that are popping up should be evaluated by a pulmonologist who can then guide the patient into the next step of getting that looked at. Well, thank you for coming on, Dr. White. It's really fascinating procedure that you're performing there at Temecula Valley Hospital. Thank you for coming on and sharing your expertise with us today. And that concludes this episode of TVH Health Chat with Temecula Valley Hospital. Please visit our website at temeculavalleyhospital.com for more information and to get connected with one of our providers. Please also remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other Temecula Valley Hospital podcasts. Physicians are independent practitioners who are not employees or agents of Temecula Valley Hospital. The hospital shall not be liable for actions or treatments provided by physicians. This is Melanie Cole.